Welcome to Geekish Cast. I'm Jeremy. And it's Dr. Trek, Larry Nemechek. Thanks for having me. other thing you and I have in common, besides Norman, Oklahoma, is you're a Dr. McCoy fan. And it, am I wrong saying that? I think the secret is pretty much out on that. Okay. So, yeah. No, you're good. So, when I was a little kid, I always thought I was a Jim Kirk guy. But the older I got, the more I realized I was a Leonard McCoy guy. Uh-huh. Um, more because he comes down on a compassionate... Like, even if he feels like the the power play is to go one way, the proper thing is to be more compassionate and more humane. It, are you with me so far on that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, and that to me is like, yeah, I want, like, in front of people, I want to be more like Jim Kirk, but who I strive to be more like is Dr. McCoy. Well, you know, I didn't, I, and I, this is another thing I can very easily remember this, and they made a. I was on another podcast this week, and it went back to a blog I did a few months ago. I still have my. I, I've lost about fifty pounds the last four or five years, and and it. Congratulations, <laughs> by the way. Well, okay, I but my. I didn't mean to get off on that. Aside from the fact that I, you know, I'm really bad about hanging on to stuff, and and my Trekland trunk is like getting rid of some of the stuff we picked up the last twenty years here, but getting things into good homes, especially the the archival stuff from the studio and everything. But mm-hmm. I still have. All my, you know, SoonerCon Oklahoma T-shirts and some sweatshirts and, oh, you know, things that were sentimental and put in a box, even though it's kind of crazy. It's like, it's not quite so morbid. It's like, my God, here's a 20-year-old T-shirt or here's a 30-year-old T-shirt. You know, but I could not toss, even though one of them, they faded a little bit or they cracked up a little bit. The first two T-shirts, Star Trek T-shirts, like, you know, fan, wear a fan T-shirt that I had, and the very first one... It kind of came out of the era when, when you first could start buying Star Trek merchandise, like posters and T-shirts and stuff, um, even pictures. Everything was Kirk or Spock or Kirk and Spock or you know, like the Enterprise or the group shot. But you, if you wanted to – I mean because I started off just enjoying the show. I enjoyed the show. And I just started noticing the few times, like you'd be in a gift store or something, or a stationary place where they had posters or you know, or T-shirts or something. And I'm like, well, where's the Scotty stuff? And where's the McCoy stuff? And what? They're not, you know, okay, Kirk and Spock, yeah, but come on, McCoy and Scotty. Are really... And I really, I have a streak about keeping up, for, uh, looking out for the underdog on a lot of everything from you know, like sports games to I don't know whatever. But I just remember back at the time going, whoops. Uh, you know what's wrong with Scotty and McCoy, and then you know even later on, especially McCoy. And then when I, as I at some point, I just realized that he was he was my favorite character because, and even it was kind of after some of the parodies in the seventies came out. And I don't know if you ever heard Doctor Demento or whatever, but oh back yeah back in the eighties yeah, I listened yeah. to him yeah. So absolutely. Star Trip and Star Drek and some of the parodies, and we did a parody in college that is one of my 
big secrets that I have tucked away that someday I'll, I'll unleash it on the world again, but um, a video. But I, I really came to realize that um, uh, I just like McCoy because he was the one that popped the bubbles. When when you know Kirk and Spock would get full of themselves, and it would be McCoy that brought everybody back down to earth, you know. Sure. And uh, and I and I just um, plus and I didn't you know subconsciously I didn't think about it till later on, but he got all the good punchlines, especially when we got to the movies. But he had, he got all the good lines uh, in that, but not that that's you know the epitome of a great character, you know, a great franchise. But anyway, I I just always would look out for everybody else aside from the the big two. And you know, mm-hmm. after a while, realizing how it how I didn't get it at first, but then realized in a few years that he didn't have top billing, and then the second and third seasons he had top billing, and he'd taken basically one of the recurring. They were all recurring characters then. They nobody had a contract, but but Shatner and Nimoy, right? And then he did. And if you know, you go back. They don't. The modern shows all have the whole cast. The regulars, quote unquote, are all up front in the credits. They're above the line. And you you know the way things were done in the '60s, you had a lead and a and a second banana and everybody else on your shows usually, and the whole ensemble thing didn't come in until yeah, yeah you know, that was 15, Hill Street Blues and L.A. Law, yeah. and that was an '80s thing. So, but the fact that uh, D you know was the chemistry, and then all of them really, Scotty you know after that, and then all of them, uh, and then the, the movies really helped equalize some of that out, but. It was just the way the TV was done. The industry was, but the fact that D made McCoy, su- you know, the chemistry that he and Spock had, and then, you know, I think they leaned on he and Kirk at first. That was the original intent, and it was always there. But the, the, when the triad evolved, and you know what we think of them today as, but anyway, I, you know, mm. all of that's intellectual analyzing, and I, I just going on a gut level, I just remember thinking, well. <laughs> Where's McCoy's just as important as everybody else, so I just kind of would look out that way, and then, then it just turned into a, I just you know, and McCoy had all the cool stuff that was different than. I mean, they go, oh, Kirk has his own command shirt. It's like, yeah, but McCoy has his surgical, they, surgical smock, you know. And I, they tease me during Star Trek Continues that the two times I was McCoy because I would always want like want to wear the smock, <laughs> the short sleeve. You oh know, no, if the you can, yeah, if you can get the different outfit, you should. Yeah, and well, I, it was like it was like no, Larry, we're not. Vic would say no, Larry, we're not doing. You no, know, the whole show's in the regular uniform. Uh, okay, <laughs> but the first one wasn't. We got. The, but I mean, but but the medical props were always so cool. And like when everybody else was building their stuff or their their props or their whatever, I was you know trying to build a hypo and a medical scanner and you know before you could buy them as incredible toys that were more detailed than the props they had on the show back in the day, but. Uh, but yeah, but that's yeah, that's where my McCoyness happens, and I, I I love all the. In fact, I wrote a piece, and I've always you know felt I always, and I also intrinsically just thought as a person of of the cast as just people as actors that D would be the one that I would like want to sit down and have dinner with if I could just you know pick one, or that might be the most fun to have dinner with, and they're all great people. They're all got different you know widely different personalities, and, and you know half the original cast has passed on now anyway. But I just always in my gut. Um, Thought that you know because he he just came across as a nice guy, and then to find out as I got older and would read and then meet them in person and see them working as you know behind the scenes things that that D was a very private. He and Carolyn were very private people, but when he was out with fans out in his arena or performing, you know, working, that he was he was just a you know everybody loved him, and that's why he kind of occupied that that place so well. So anyway, so yeah, so. Um, you're a big McCoy fan too. 
That's but absolutely. Yeah. That's that's. Now, did you ever actually get to meet DeForest Kelly? I I met him several times. I was going to say this. What's amazing to me is how suddenly, as opposed to those early years when you oh you record, I was the same way. People are like, oh, are you a Spock fan or a Kirk fan? And if you said neither, I'm a McCoy fan. You used to like bamboozle people. They're mm-hmm. like, what? <laughs> it's like, what? And I'm like, yeah, I just like the guy that is down to earth and grounded, and everybody else gets to run around square jawed and be space heroes, you know, or uber alien intellectual cool guy. But here's McCoy just kind of going, yep, yep, you know, we are just uh, people out here on this ship, you know. And there's a, there's about uh, you know a hundred other ships like us, <laughs> and we got a lot of planets behind us. You know, I just I just yeah. you know I just like the way like I said I just like the way McCoy would you know pop everybody's bubble and bring them back down to earth when they needed to be brought no, down, to, so to speak. But what's funny to correct. me, yeah, what's funny to me though, my point was going to be that how many as the years have gone by and now we've had so many generations of fans come along, and uh, I've had people I don't know whether it was that. I played McCoy, and people got to know that I was a McCoy fan, and they would just tell me this when they saw me. You know, fans come up at conventions or whatever, or in you know, Facebook threads or something. Or whether it was there all along, and people just didn't bother to bring it up, or whether it really is a recent phenomenon. But I have tons of people like you say, "Oh, I've always been a McCoy fan." What's really amazing, and what hit me on the first Star Trek Continues, our the fan film that I'm involved with, on the first shoot when I was playing McCoy. Was how many young, how many of our young crew, especially the girls or young ladies, how many of them would come up and say, McCoy's really my favorite? And I'd say, You don't have to say that just because I'm standing here. And they're like, No, no, he really is my favorite. And I'm like, what? And, and <laughs> I said this to D1, like the last time I saw him at the 96 convention and, and talked to him the longest. And I have a wonderful picture that I just treasure of the two of us together. Um, it's not like a, con- well, it's a convention, but it's not like standing in line or at a table or something. Uh, I said the same thing to him because I was trying to pitch him to do his autobiography with him because he's the only one that had not done one mm-hmm. by then. And eventually Terry Ryu, uh, who was known to Carolyn, um, they did a wonderful, wonderful – but not an autobiography, obviously, after he passed away, but wonderful book. So it did get done. He is represented. But I was saying, hey, let's – let's because I'd done my publishing by then. I'd been in news, and I'd done the companion, the next-gen companion by then. And I said, let's you know do this. And he said um, – I never forget this. He's like, oh, now if I do that, I'm just going to have to go out to the garage and go through all those boxes. I mean you know, he was so poo-poo uh, about it. And I said, but I did tell him. I said, well, I just want to tell you, you've, your McCoy's always been my favorite character. You've always been my favorite one in the cast. And he said, he laughed. He goes, well, where were you when I was having to deal with Bill and Leonard back? Then? <laughs> of course, he's so down to earth. He's kidding about like he had any yeah. big fights with anybody. But but that's what I I mean. I thought that immediately when I had all these all these younger fans come up to me and say, oh, I'm a big McCoy fan. And I go, you don't have to say, and like, no, no, I really, really, really am. And I just, I hear D saying, well, where were you when I, when I could have used you in the 60s and 70s? But that, so I don't know if that's a, a recent thing with a lot, of, a lot of people or people just feel free not to be, you know, Kirk's, I don't know. I, this is yak, well, no, yak city here, but it's all, it's interesting stuff. It's people, and, and the same thing for everybody, Scotty and Sulu and, and Chekhov and Uhura. People are like, I'm, you know, we have, especially with Uhura because of she's the African American presence and she's the biggest feminine presence that survived in the cast. You know, and people, yeah, yeah, yeah. And what they've done was always held on as 
you know, mirror universe, alternate not mirror, alternate universe version of Uhura, trying to make that a little more empowered to have a more of a feminine look in the in the bridge mix and get it out of the '60s a little bit. But um, you see that with pe- people will, it's like people feel freer to pick another, you know, favorite character on the original crew. Well, no, if they, if yeah, they I, like. I, well, there's so many, there's so many to choose from. I mean, you got a Russian, a Pan Asian with Sulu was him. Sulu could be Japanese or uh, Filipino or Chinese. Really, you don't yeah. know where he's from. Um, you have Uhura, who's Pan-African somewhere. Could be American, European. But her character is very much by her last name placed in Africa. There are a lot of great characters, I mean, placed in there. Obviously, because it's from the 60s, there's a lot of Americanism on it. <clears throat> but I, I remember back in the 90s, I actually had a sci-fi and video game store. And somebody brought me a medical scanner. Remember the little, it was like all round, and it would spun in a circle that McCoy would I, use? I think I'm familiar with it, yes. Yes. So I actually had <laughs> one or two of those. Uh-huh. That like I don't, nice ones, like prop builders had made? Or? I, I don't know, because like the guy who brought them to me to like put them in my store... Uh, said they were original, but there were two, so there's never two original anything's really, right? Well, I, I there there would have been on the show or an, a hero one and one almost as good, but both of them in the whole world would not have been in your store. Exact in Modesto, what? California, no. <laughs> somebody somebody phoned something, but um, I had a closeted lesbian business owner who came and uh, rented video games and stuff from me. And she came in one time, and before, like, I quote-unquote knew she was gay, she comes in, and she was like, um, me and my friend are going to Tahoe this week, can I borrow your scanner? And I'm like, as long as you, as long as you never tell me what happened with it, yeah, fine, take it, that's all right. I love that woman, I met her girlfriend a handful of times, it was years ago, but I was like, I don't know what you do with it, but please. I was going to say, did she ever tell you what they... Okay. No, no, <laughs> no. I don't want to know. Look, I have a lot of friends, gay, straight, whatever. I don't want to know what they do with anything they borrow from me. They're like, hey, can I take your blender? Yes. Don't tell me what you do with it. Well, don't. there's a long way from a blender to a Starfleet McCoy medical scanner. You would, I mean, think, you would think there is, but not necessarily. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I got myself laughing there. We're going to wrap it up there for tonight. I want to remind everybody, if you want to reach out and say something to us, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash geekishcast, on our website at geekishcast.com, or on Twitter, you'll find us at the geekishcast. Also, we are now on the Tangent Bound Network, which can be found at tangentboundnetwork.com. Please rate us and review us anywhere you find us. Please check out the other shows on the Tangent Bound Network. We'll see you next time. Have a good night.